Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing a movie that I've been curious about for a long time. It's called IQ from 1994, directed by Fred Shapizzi, who also directed Roxanne, one of my favorite rom-coms, and Six Degrees of Separation, the one movie where Will Smith plays a gay man. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's very important. That is very important for, the, for everyone. <laughs> so IQ, it stars Tim Robbins, Meg Ryan, Walter Matthau, Stephen Fry, Tony Shalhoub, what a cast. Yeah, Gene Sachs, Lou Jacoby. It's like a parade. I mean, there is a parade of old man energy oh, in yeah. this movie. Charles Durning is up in here. Like, yeah. Yeah, and like Tony Shalhoub is young in this movie, which I forgot that Tony Shalhoub was ever young. And it's not that Tony Shalhoub is even old now. He's just been like a specific kind of 50-year-old in my brain for so long that seeing him young, I'm attracted to him at all ages, so it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But seeing him young hot was really fascinating for me and awakened some new feelings. Oh, I love that for you. (laughs) Yeah. So this is a movie where Albert Einstein (laughs) plays Cupid. Yes. Yes. Because Albert Einstein's niece played by Meg Ryan, is in a relationship with Stephen Fry, which is such a weird thing. It's so weird. The lack of chemistry. It's so strange. So weird. And then we got Tim Robbins, who is like a sweet mechanic man, and he wants to be with Meg Ryan, which I mean, why wouldn't you? Want yeah, to be of Meg course. Ryan? And so Einstein helps him out because that's, I mean, Einstein, not only, you know, a very, very brilliant man, but he believes in love. He does believe in love. And it's so funny. I mean, this movie, obviously the conceit of it is, you know, it's, it's, it's campy, it's cartoony, it's over the top. We have Einstein casually playing, you know, just Walter Matthau as Einstein, just in the movie also, you know, playing a matchmaker. And the way that Tim Robbins and Meg Ryan meet is, I mean, he's a mechanic and he looks at her car and he, there's this moment in the movie where he looks at her and it's like slow motion back to his face where he's just like, wow. And he walks in and he talks to Tony Shalhoub, who is one of his coworkers. And he's like, I'm going to marry her. (laughs) It's like such a, it's such a specific, I feel like this is a very nineties move I think that some of the movies on Netflix now are trying to bring this back, this whole like love at first sight in the movie. But this actually commits to it in a way that even though it's over the top, you're like, okay, this is how this man feels. This man feels like he's going to marry this woman. I, I mean, I kind of like love it in these movies where, cause it's just, I don't know, like maybe I'm just in a, like a mushy mood, but I just like, just the idea of just like deciding, I want to be with this person and not that I'm entitled to this person, but I'm going to do what I can to prove to this person that like 
I'm worthy and that they're important. And, you know, like, it's weird. It's like a thing where it's like you're demonstrating your value, but while also trying to reiterate you're valuable. And I love that he just, like, spends a lot of time just being like, you're brilliant. Like, every single time he tells her that she's smart, I'm just like, ah! Well, I love it because he obviously Meg Ryan is gorgeous and she has this haircut that I think she's really rocking in this movie. I love it so much. And he's obviously attracted to her and, you know, sees how she looks. But I never get the feeling that he is just into her because she's hot or that he just saw a hot woman and is immediately like, ooh, you know, a wooga, like, you know, the tongue rolling down on the floor cartoon style. It very much feels like he's a softy and he sees her and he's getting a vibe and he's nervous and he has a crush and he tells his coworker, he tells his fellow mechanic and he's going to pursue this crush, but it never feels stalkery somehow, even though, I mean, we'll get to it. It technically kind of is. I mean, even though like he's just like hanging out with her uncle all the time it's like there's nothing necessarily wrong with that and it's not like he's hanging out with like her dad like I feel like it would be really weird if it was her dad but like her uncle like meh. right yeah but, right but no it, it is weird he's it's weird just, like, because like when you lot. get into how the movie plays out it's absolutely there's a stalkery element and there's boundaries that are crossed but for some reason, the way that Tim Robbins is playing this character and the way that he talks to her and about her never feels objectifying. It very much feels like he's just fascinated with this woman and he just thinks she's so cool and he just thinks she's so smart. And it doesn't feel like it's a matter of him thinking, oh, you're not like other women. I've never met a woman who was cool or smart. It's just like, no, I just I see you. Yeah, and I just love, oh, yeah, so I kept on thinking, like, so much of this movie, and maybe, like, my only, my only, like, issue, like, ideologically with it is that the idea that a mechanic is not a smart person. Oh, yes. I consider mechanics to be fucking geniuses. Like, could you, um, like, I just, like, the idea of opening a car and doing anything to it. Absolutely. Shit out of me. And there's something like, very funny about acting like there's nothing scientific about fixing a car. To me, that's so contradictory. You are fixing this really complex, amazing invention with your hands. You know how to fix it. You know how to estimate what the problem is and tell people what you need to check out. You are a doctor for a car, but for some reason, because of, I mean, classism and stereotypes, it's considered in this movie. I feel like in real life, people respect mechanics more than they do in this movie. And maybe that's just me. Like I've, I feel like people respect mechanics more than they do in this movie, but yeah, absolutely. In this movie, it's very much like, Oh, just a mechanic. And I mean, this movie it's, it has Albert Einstein as a character and there is a very big thread of elitism and a certain kind of academia in this movie. That's interesting. Cause I don't, we don't see that in a lot of the movies we cover. Yeah. I mean, so Meg Ryan meets Tim Robbins, right. And she needs her car fixed and he's immediately like, Oh wow. And I think, I mean, she's with Stephen Fry, which again, <laughs> the lack of chemistry between them, they're both great actors, but I cannot imagine I cannot imagine them even kissing once. Like, can you? (laughs) No, absolutely not. It just, their energy is like, I mean, besides the issue of sexuality itself, it's just, he feels like her TA. That's his energy. He feels like her TA or her boss 
or and it's not even about him bossing her around, although he is a bit bossy and he's definitely a misogynist in this oh, yeah, movie. Absolutely. He's playing that, you know, he's playing the 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 boyfriend character that you know isn't gonna make it and like his and like his fatal flaw is that he is just so pompous. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, he's for sure, if you haven't gone to the same college as him, he would never want to talk to you because what would you have to say? That's very much his energy. He he is the one who says the worst things about Tim Robbins because Tim Robbins is a mechanic. Even out, I think he would hate Tim Robbins, even if Tim Robbins wasn't obviously trying to steal his partner. But he he just like looks down on people in such a cartoonish way. And so basically Tim Robbins is fixing her car and then he finds out that she is Albert Einstein's niece and she's lived with Albert Einstein. He basically raised her and he meets Albert Einstein. And it's funny how the movie does it because on one hand, it spends so much time showing Tim Robbins becoming friends with Einstein and Einstein has all these friends that are hanging out that are also scientists and they're, you know, it's like Lou Jacoby and Gene Sachs and, and they're all hanging out and they're always talking about whether time is real or, you know, what would happen if you had twins and one of them left earth and the other one stayed here and one of them experienced gravity and time in a certain way and the other didn't like, they're always, you can tell that the writers had a lot of fun using these, scientific theories, some of which exist, and then these more philosophical questions to create banter. Yeah. So Tim Robbins ends up becoming friends with Einstein and his friends, and they figure out pretty quickly that he has a crush on Meg Ryan. And they're like, oh, well, you know, Meg Ryan has a partner. Why do you think you'd be good for her? And then they have this scene where he's like, I just felt like time was slowing down when I saw her. I have a feeling. And Einstein's like, ah, yes our intuition is a like he talks in so many kind of scientific aphorisms which honestly it's the kind of writing choice that would normally annoy me but I I find it very charming because everyone is having so much fun in this movie and the writing is very it is very clever I think it's very fun I think like you know we talk like there are so many the idea of like a family movie in the theater right now essentially just means like a superhero movie or a very high concept cartoon. But I just remember like in the nineties where like you could take your kid to just a movie and Mm -hmm. there'd be something like you could take your kid to IQ. You can enjoy it as an adult. You can enjoy it like as a kid. And it's just like, there aren't like a lot of movies like that because it's like, they act like kids are like a completely different species than adults. And like that didn't used to be the case. Yeah. Cause this is a PG movie. And when I think about it, yeah, it totally makes sense. It's PG. It doesn't have sex in it. Like the most that happens sexually is a kiss. The language is pretty tempered. I don't feel like there's overt swearing. And if there is, it's an aside. It's maybe a dam here and there. It, it is very much a PG movie, but not in an aggressive, condescending way where you can't imagine why an adult would watch it. Like, it, this feels like a movie for adults that you can bring your kid to. And they might, they're going to enjoy different parts from you, most likely. Yeah, it's just like, it, it's, it's silly and it's fun and it's also shot fucking beautifully like oh my the shot oh it's the, the really beautiful visually is like absolutely it's so gorgeous like you can like there is sometimes there are movies a lot lately where there's no like real sense of like space 
Yeah. And like, like a lack of wide shots, unless it's like an indie director. That's the thing. Like so much of like why like cinephiles are super into indie movies now isn't just because like we're, we're, we're fucking insufferable, but also because like the way that indie movies are made, like for example, like Paul Thomas Anderson film yeah. is like movies just looked like that. Like, yeah, just like for Phantom Thread, it was like, you could watch a movie about Einstein playing Cupid and it's fucking beautiful. Like you didn't have to like, you didn't (laughs) have to seek it out. You didn't have to say, Oh, I, I am looking for something that is cinematography heavy. What does that even mean? It, it, it was part of the art form and it still is, but with a lot of the blockbusters and the way that movies are made and what's prioritized, it's not the same. It's not the same basic standard of who is going to frame these pictures. Yeah, exactly. Like we are like, it's the pictures, they're motion pictures. And it's just like blowing my mind. Cause like I was watching this with the twink, I was watching it with them and it was like, and like every couple minutes they were just like, look at this shot. Yeah. Look at this shot. Look at yeah. This shot. And it's just like, yeah. Look at this shot. Like a movie can be about the silliest thing ever and still be it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. There were so many moments where I was just drinking in the visuals and that really adds to it. This movie gives you visuals to drink in and it also with the banter, I personally enjoyed it because it was creative. I didn't know what they were going to say. Oh my god. Yeah, it's so funny cuz it's like they're they're of course like talking about like science and all this serious stuff, but they're just doing it like so casually, but they're also doing it in a way where like they're not like being exclusionary, like they're explaining no. the concepts that it doesn't make you feel stupid. I was thinking about Wishbone actually while I was watching it. Like, I love Wishbone. Wow. <laughs> yeah, cuz What a just, memory. Cuz it's just like Yes, we're, like, teaching you something. We're also entertaining you, and we're not talking down to you. Like, it's, like, a, a like a nice, like, mix of that. And I think that's one thing. One thing the movie did well was they showed the contrast between Stephen Fry's attitude, which is very about where he went to school, about the money he has or the fellowships he has, versus the actual act of thinking and exchanging ideas with people. Whereas Einstein and his friends, they loved him. Robbins. They just want to talk with him. They just want to share ideas. They want to know what does this mechanic who has a crush on Meg Ryan have to say? And this is of course where they turn into messy bitches who love drama. <laughs> so the messy bitches who love drama decide rather than minding their own business, they want to, they want to play matchmaker, you know, cause it, it's Einstein who's doing it, but really all of his friends are in on it. He has this whole, oh my God. This, this whole group of old men that are basically trying to help Tim Robbins steal Meg Ryan from Stephen Fry. And so they, they come up with this plan. And honestly, this is a funny example to me <laughs> of how people can be book smart, but really not smart in yeah. other ways. Yeah. They have this really stupid plan. <laughs> To just like create a theory of how to make a a nuclear powered spacecraft and that they're going to pretend Tim Robbins came up with it, like as if he'll never get caught. Right. (laughs) And that's going to impress Meg Ryan because Tim Robbins is is convinced that Meg Ryan already has the capability to love him, which I mean, yes, of course she has the capability, but all that's separating them is his IQ. So if he can fake that, then he's in. So Einstein and the buddies are like, we can help you with that. We can help you prove that this was the only thing separating y'all, which 
there's a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, <laughs> what's, what's so interesting, though, is that, like, Meg Ryan in this movie, like, unlike her partner, isn't a snob, really. She's not. No, she's not at all. In fact, one of the ongoing... I really enjoyed this ongoing theme with her is how much she doubts herself and she compares herself to Einstein being his niece and she compares herself to Stephen Fry, her partner. Mm -hmm. And she's very smart and she has a big head for math. She's a mathematician. Yeah. But she constantly has this kind of line of thought of maybe I should quit and just be a housewife, which that felt a little extreme to me that she went immediately from mathematician to housewife and there was no kind of middle ground for her but I thought it was interesting it explored her imposter syndrome yeah and one of the themes is Tim Robbins really being amazed by her brain and encouraging her and telling her that she needs to stop viewing Einstein and all these men as the great minds and that she's one of the great minds I thought that was very wholesome this movie is like so wholesome (laughs) it's like really wholesome even though there's there is it is a shenanigan movie with a giant lie in the middle of it right yeah it's one of those like uh, yeah it's what it's interesting too is that i usually hate that like i'm usually just like uh this and i hate it when a plot is like totally like centered around a lie and then eventually they're going to have to reveal it and then it's going to be this whole fucking thing i usually hate that but what i but for some reason like when he when the lie is revealed in this like i was like they managed to do it in a way that did not irritate the shit out of me which is amazing (laughs) yeah no it was interesting so you know they they create this whole thing and meg ryan doesn't believe it at first and she is an asshole in this specific way where she's like this guy he's just a mechanic how could he think of how to fuel a spacecraft and for me it was like not that he's a mechanic it was just that he's never talked about having any scientific like interest at all like not even a background just an interest so i understood her not believing it or being surprised because it was a lie but the way she frames it is so elitist (laughs) (laughs) she's just like this poor piece of shit (laughs) and and so there's all these shenanigans where he's at this panel and he's supposed to present his theory but of course he doesn't actually know how to answer any questions so then all these old men are like giving him hints like they'll like sign to him and then he like they're they're always behind him like telling him the answers they're like x you know there's one of them that's like x and then einstein is there and he's like showing him but stephen fry is still really doesn't believe that tim robbins actually knows what he's talking about so he decides to create this giant test right where tim robbins has to answer all these questions in front of a bunch of people it's uh, it feels almost like a mensa it's it, yeah, kind it's, of situation. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, let's let us evaluate if this person is a fucking idiot or not. It's like, OK, do you, does this have to be public? <laughs> and, and to me, what's interesting, I thought about, well, what if he's a bad test taker? I, I am personally a very bad test taker. I get really bad anxiety. And I've had several times when I was in school, I would just talk to a professor or a teacher and ask them if I could just write a paper proving I knew I'd say I know the content, but I'm going to doubt myself and have anxiety and do badly on the test. And then I would just write a paper. So I thought, what if he was telling the truth and he was a bad test taker? And I'm sorry, he didn't want to take a test in front of 100 people watching him thinking he's an idiot. (laughs) 
yeah, I don't really get. (laughs) And so this scene is one of the, it's very silly. I felt like the scene was too long though. There were definitely a lot of scenes that could have been cut, in my opinion. I think this movie could have been either 20 minutes shorter or they could have had 20 more minutes of Tim Robbins actually hanging out with Meg Ryan. But this scene, all the old men, basically, they cough. They'll cough a certain amount of times when he's taking a multiple choice test Mm. to tell him what to answer. Yeah. And they'll like at one point, one of them like clears his throat and makes a squeaking sound. Like it's very silly. And of course, Stephen Fry is getting very upset and Tim Robbins ends up doing wonderfully. And Meg Ryan is, you know, she is trying to figure out how this man figured out all of this so quickly. And if anything, she's impressed and she, she has a crush on him, but she's also feeling really bad about herself. That's one of the themes, right? Is yeah. she is like, well, how did this guy just swoop in here? And I, I don't know. I didn't figure this out. The thing that they're talking about is cold fusion. Yes. By the way, like, I don't know if we meant that we actually said that it was cold fusion, which I can't say that I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely no, not going to. It's like too early. I'm hungover. Same, (laughs) same. I feel that. I feel that cold fusion is what happens when you drink too much. And then Uh, the next day you kind of get the chills. Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's our very official scientific opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is of course a science podcast. It it is first and (laughs) foremost, we are scientists. Secondly, we are comedians, writers, lovers of film, film critics, trolls, whatever Uh, you want to frame. (laughs) So, I mean, okay, so so much of the movie is just Tim Robbins lying and, like, having all these old men basically gas him up or give him the answers. And it is very wholesome when it comes to male friendship. But Oh, my God, yes, the nice, the nice boys, they all love each other. <laughs> they love each other so much. But it is, of course, from the perspective of Albert Einstein being Meg Ryan's uncle, it is also absolutely ridiculous to meddle in your adult niece's life this much and create a whole narrative to trick her <laughs> like that is absolutely ridiculous yeah, i know it's weird as hell <laughs> like it's so obviously not okay to me but at the same time the way this movie is made is so charming and i think i think if tim robbins was really creepy or he felt like he was objectifying her or the movie shot her with a really male gaze I would feel stronger about the fact that there is this lie and that her, all of her, her uncle, her real uncle, and then all of her kind of fake uncles are all, all in on it. But because it's very clear that Tim Robbins actually, it's interesting because he wants her to fall in love with him, but he's also aware that she's with Stephen Fry. And it feels like he's just kind of like, on this ride with these men and like if he gets to be with Meg Ryan that's great but if he doesn't he like made some friends <laughs> yeah like it, it I never get a sense that he is going to you know get really upset if he doesn't get her like he'll be sad but I don't I, I, don't, I never get the indication that he's gonna like you know like like lose it or anything like he's gonna try his best and that's it (laughs) and I and I appreciate that a lot (laughs) yeah absolutely it's really it's really interesting I I think the movie falls apart in the third act oh absolutely um because it creates these really huge stakes I mean Tim Robbins theory 
it takes off at this panel and he ends up meeting the president of the United yeah, when, States. When Eisenhower shows up, it's like, all right, guys. Yeah, no, I mean, the movie really like took off to space. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and, and it, there's this whole scene where he's saying he's going to propose to, or to make Ryan actually, Oh no, no, no. Make Ryan thinks he's going to propose to her. Mm-hmm. It's very unclear. And I was paying attention. So I don't know yeah. if maybe <laughs> it was the writing was hazy. Maybe I really missed it because of my own cold fusion headache this morning. Mm, yes. But basically we see the president and like his limo full of people watch Meg Ryan run out in a field to Tim Robbins, who was waiting there for her. So her and Stephen Fry have broken up and that happens really quickly. It's, it's very like, we don't even see it happen. I mean, you know, and, and we love to see it. Yeah. Um, we, we love to not see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love to know that it happens. Yeah. Um, she, she goes out and this is another, this is a big hole for me in the movie. We never watch Meg Ryan discover the lie. She just says to Tim Robbins, like, I know I figured it out. Did you watch her discover the lie? No, I, I felt like she she's trying to figure it out all this time, and then it's just revealed in this field scene. She whispers to him, "She's like, I know that you're a liar, and you know, basically, fuck you." Mm-hmm. But then she's like, "But we have to kiss because the president's watching, and he thinks that we're getting engaged." So then they kiss, and then it's one of those kind of slapstick moments where they kiss, and then they're like fighting, and I think she slaps him. And then they kiss again, and there's obviously a lot of sexual tension. And I do think they did good with the sexual tension. And Tim Robbins is like, you know, I'm I'm sorry, but also like, you know, I really do love you. It's that classic line from these movies, right? And Meg Ryan's like, it's clear that she still has feelings for him, but I mean, she's reasonably mad. And meanwhile, Eisenhower is watching. And what's weird to me is that Einstein, fucking Einstein and his friends, again, book smart, not smart, smart think that they could lie to the president and like not get in trouble. (laughs) Like that it wouldn't somehow fuck up Tim Robbins life that he wouldn't potentially go to jail or, or face some sort of banishment. And I guess, you know, they get to hide behind him. They don't have to claim that they were part of it so they can get off scot-free, but Mm. I mean, they're associated with him. So it's a really interesting thing that never gets cleaned up. It just kind of is like, Oh, it's all fine. (laughs) Yeah. That's 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 the world that we live in. This beautiful world where everything works out famously. Yeah. Well, and Meg Ryan, because she's a mathematician, she like figures out the one flaw in their theory, and then that's a breakthrough for her. Where it's like, look, you did something Einstein couldn't do, which is cool. I mean, I do like that the movie has such a theme of her need to believe in herself because it feels like she struggles from internalized misogyny. And to be fair, the men around her are sexist in very realistic ways, like not not aggressive or violent ways, but Einstein in one scene when she is questioning whether this is real, whether Tim Robbins really, you know, really knows this mm-hmm. Einstein's like, we, well, we can just make her doubt her confidence. He says that out loud. And I thought that was actually really good. I really appreciated hearing a male character cop to that yeah. <laughs> because that's such a thing that men do, yeah. especially men who are very esteemed for being intelligent, they can get away with it even more. And so I, I really, so we see him actively gaslight her in one scene to make her feel bad about herself. So she, so she doesn't figure out the truth. I actually really liked the inclusion of that. And then how later he admits it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, 
It's interesting because like there are so many rom coms that are like about women like being too into their career and being too ambitious and that like they need to be taken down a peg and in this one it's like no but like you should want more for yourself yeah exactly and i like that yeah i mean honestly i would tell people to watch this like there's definitely holes in the writing and i think that it could have been I think that it's gorgeous to look at, but I think it could have been edited differently as far as some scenes being shorter and maybe showing Meg Ryan and Tim Robbins together even more Mm -hmm, or just like varying a little bit of it. Especially just because like, I don't know, Tim Robbins is such a, such a cutie in this movie. Like he's like not, he's very cute. Yeah. He's, it's weird because he's like not my type. I'm actually really attracted to his son who is my age. Exactly. I was like, yes. Love it. Well, because he was in Blockers and I was just like, oh, is this a teen? And it's like, oh, no, no, that's a 29 year old man. God. You're like, um. perfect. <laughs> You're like, this is a safe attraction. I don't have to question myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I'm very, I'm very attracted to his, to his son. He's like six five and I didn't notice that until this movie like he's a giant yeah he is because he doesn't have six five energy and that I don't mean that as an insult in this case I actually think it's a compliment he doesn't seem imposing or like I don't know he's just he has a very humble energy but it's very attractive in this movie yeah he just has like this whole like aw shucks quality like even when he's like even when like he's standing next to Meg Ryan and you're just like realizing like in real time this is a giant it's not he doesn't seem like intimidating or anything he's just like he's just like i just i just really like you and i want you to be happy and i'm just like oh it's cute and they have way more sexual chemistry than she does with stephen fry big shocker stephen fry Fry doesn't honestly of the men that get to talk about science a lot he seems like he's having the least fun in this movie yeah no it's just like it's like he he hangs his entire identity on being smart and then he doesn't even enjoy it. Like, no, you know? not at all. And I didn't even know if Stephen Fry himself enjoyed being there. No, like, yeah, I don't know if he liked being in this movie. I wonder if he just like had like a check. He's just like, oh my God, this is so beneath me. It is very funny to think about that with these movies. It's something that we often return to is actors just needing a check because you know this is their job so sometimes you just need a check and it's not even about the passion it's about the work or the money so it's funny to think about this just being a a rent check (laughs) for Stephen Fry (laughs) yeah I mean I think people I feel like people could just watch this movie because it's a fun cute movie and you know sometimes we cover a a rom-com that we don't think you would waste your time watching. And so we can say we tested this for you and the water's fine. You can jump in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes like movies get like bad reviews and it's just because, you know, they, they just do. And it's not because there's anything like particularly like bad about them, you know? Yeah. It's just a movie that I think could have been like, it could have been a classic. Yeah. It feels like that. And actually I posted on my Instagram story, just, a little snippet of it and a few people responded saying that they love this movie so i mean yeah. it has it has fans it seems like it seems like a thing that like everybody has like on vhs yes and no it's totally something you have on vhs yeah. absolutely and you like remember watching it with you know your popcorn and your apple slices and it's like you want to see i mean meg ryan of course looks 
gorgeous. Oh, and stunning. I in her outfits, like she's just She's so cute. cute. She has her little sweaters <sighs> and you're just like, "Yes, you are rocking the sweater, of course." I, she made me excited to put on a sweater. Oh yeah. Yeah, god. This yeah. Is, uh, we love Med- Meg Ryan on the We podcast. do love Can't Meg wait Ryan. To cover more Meg Ryan. There's so much more Meg Ryan to cover. There too. is. There is. I feel like the reason we haven't covered her more is because most of the ones she's in are actually good. So, it's harder for us to get to them, but you know, we need to sprinkle in more good and she's definitely been in some more oh, better. Oh, uh, I really cannot wait to do Addicted to Love. I cannot wait yeah. to watch Addicted to Love. I'm excited for that one. Cuz like it's one that's like considered like very very bad, but I actually think that it's awesome. So Okay, I love I love that. I love redeeming a movie that oh, didn't uh, get its due. Yes, like with Love Potion number 9. <laughs> yes, I still when people ask me to recommend a rom-com, that's still the one that I recommend consistently. <laughs> I just want more people to watch that movie. Yeah. Obviously, if you're listening, we appreciate you and love you and if you feel like leaving us a five-star review that would be fucking amazing but if you don't feel five stars about us then you don't need to we prefer no reviews versus bad reviews (laughs) but good reviews are you know the cat's pajamas and of course if you aren't a patron and you want to listen to some bonus episodes we have a whole podcast covering all of how i met your mother all of that's up we have we are covering the oc we have an erotic thriller side pod in the smut and you get newsletters and some other goodies in there. So, you know, if you want to join our Patreon, we have a few levels and we'll be putting more bonuses on there for you. And, you know, I hope you're hydrating and being nice to yourself through this time that we are somehow in. Very, very important. Have some water. Have some water. Log, log off. off. <laughs> log. log off. Telling myself that too. <laughs> I, I need to log off. I've oh my god! To, like when I pick up my phone, I've been trying to like shop instead because it's like I've been I've been getting rid of so many of my clothes because I just realized this does not make me. This does not spark. This does life. not serve me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so I'm getting new clothes and I'm excited about that and I'm trying to like you know use my time better and i hope everybody is trying to get some peace because it's ugly out there it is everybody is doing the absolute most absolutely the most there is something new every fucking day all time exhausting it's exhausting it's very exhausting to exist right now so if you're doing that which i assume you are if you can hear this good job you know, yeah. give yourself a little credit for that. I've been having a beautiful time with the bear and the twink. Shout out to y'all. We love it. Shout out to Jordane being in her own rom-com right now. We <laughs> love to see it. We love to hear it. <laughs> Maybe we need to do like a Patreon episode that's just about like <laughs> your love life. <laughs> a little a little like juice for the for the listeners. Dating is going very well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, you know, I, I, I hope that for all of you, if you, yes, you know, it's important and I, I can't stress enough to, you know, date someone who is nice to you. Yes. If they're not nice to you, if they're not nicer to you than you are, you know, exactly. Cause most of us aren't nice enough to ourselves. So, well, Well. per usual, I am still unfortunately Bronwyn Isaac (laughs) and I continue to be George (laughs) bye bye